You're listening to episode four of the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. Thank you for being here with us today. We've all heard the thought to dream bigger and never give up. But what does that look like when you're facing adversity and choosing to walk through those challenges and not give up on yourself? Today we visit with the first Kansas native to ever capture the title of Miss Rodeo USA, Brooke Wallace, and she shares her story on what it means to dream bigger and never give up on yourself. Hey y'all and welcome. You're listening to the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Dawn Johnson, small town cowgirl with Southern roots, blazing a trail as a Midwest ranch wife, mama, and businesswoman. The mission of Cowgirl Confessions is to share the wonderfully wild and Western life stories of cowgirls from all walks of life. We'll talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between when it comes to navigating careers, cowboys, kids, and cattle. Legendary cowgirl Dell Evans said it best, Cowgirl is a pioneer spirit, a special brand of American courage. The cowgirl faces life head on, lives by her own lights, and makes no excuses. Cowgirls take stands, they speak up, they defend the things they hold dear. A cowgirl might be a rancher, a barrel racer, a bull rider, or an actress, but she's just as likely to be a checker at the local Winn-Dixie, a full-time mother, a banker, an attorney, or an astronaut. If you're into wet saddle blankets, talks with God, buckets full of laughter, and the life lessons learned in the process, kick off your boots and settle in. I pray these stories encourage, empower, and give you just the leg up you need. Here's to embracing the cowgirl state of mind, no matter how wild and western life may get along the way. Good morning, Brooke, and thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Good to be here. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, everybody to just get to know you a little bit better throughout the podcast today. And so give us a little highlight of kind of where you're at right now and, and what you're doing um, as Miss Rodeo USA. So there you hit it right on the head. Um, being Miss Rodeo USA and the uh, time being and uh, that in itself is just quite the um, thing to be able to say, I guess you would put it that way. Um, it's the be all of rodeo queens. And um, so it's a pretty amazing title to hold. And I'm just living it up every moment of the way this year. Um, I'm actually getting ready to head to Oklahoma today. And um, then I'll spend a lot of time in the South here coming up in the next couple months. So something new. And um, it's just gonna be a blast. I'm just going with it. Now, Brooke, when you travel to these different events, are you flying? Are you driving? What does that look like? Most of the time I'm driving and it's different for every girl that comes through because it depends where kind of your home base is. And being from Kansas puts me fairly close to a lot of the places I'm going to. You know, when I get down to Georgia, that's a pretty good drive. But the thing is with that kind of um, those rodeos down there, I'm going to hit multiple when I go. So it makes much more sense for me to drive down there and stay for about a month instead of kind of zigzagging back and forth or even flying back and forth because that way I can have more of my clothes, more of my hats and um, whatnot. And, and it gives me the freedom to drive when I get to those places instead of having to hitch a ride with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so nice to be able to have your, your own vehicle. And um, I feel like you know, a little bit, your vehicle kind of becomes your home away from home when you're traveling that much throughout the year. Um, it's, it's your own little space. And uh, it's been so fun to get to know you better this year. And, you know, it's, it's literally been 10 years ago that I was doing exactly what you're doing right now in the same position. And um, it definitely, it, it changed the trajectory of my life. And I met some incredible people along the way. And truthfully, a lot of those people that I met um, some of those are the, the people and their stories are the reasons that I, I felt so called to start this Cowgirl Confessions podcast and um, just the conversations that would happen, you know, during, you know, the, the middle of the day when you're under trailer awnings and kind of cooking out between the slack and the performance or those, you know, late night um, slack 
deals and you're just so many, I mean, there's nothing quite like rodeo family, I guess. And when you get to be right in the midst of it and you're representing that group of individuals, whether it be the stock contractors, the rodeo committees, the contestants, the sponsors, it's, there's just nothing quite like it. And so I'd, I'd love to just kind of hear your take on, um, you know, you were crowned Miss Rodeo USA back in January of 2020. And what, what that's, kind of been like this year as it hasn't been a what we call a normal year with the way the world is right now but just just kind of what your journey's been like and what you've enjoyed the most absolutely and you definitely nailed it on the head with what you just said there um you know it's just a whole different lifestyle it's a whole different way of just going from rodeo to rodeo and um, getting to represent something bigger than yourself um, and I've been a part of doing that for years I mean I, you know, represented in high school during FCCLA, and then I went on and represented something bigger than myself in college with uh, being in a sorority and being on the rodeo club. And so I think it's just kind of a natural part of my life anymore. I don't really know any different. So um, it's great to see that growth and uh, the prosper of a program when you're, when you're involved in it. But yeah, this year has been uh, different. I think that's the best way to put it at the end of the day. Um, there was so much hype coming off of being crowned Miss Rodeo USA in January, and then I did a lot of local things throughout February, um, just because I was get planning for the year and um, getting my schedule together and, and all those great things, and March was pretty much my time to hit the road and go and go and go and go. It was like, wow, this is going to be a year, and then we get to March, and as we all know, everything just literally halted. And the weirdest thing for me is that I got so used to being on the road and going and having to literally stay home was very hard. Like I have not done that in my life for, oh, years, like since before high school. I, you know, I'm just a busy body and I'm always involved with something. And so um, I think maybe getting used to that was a bigger step than not going to rodeos. <laughs> and so it was just kind of one of those things where every week the next thing would cancel and it was like a, a slow graduation of we didn't really know when we would start back up. Um, people would say, oh, it'll be April. Then it was, oh, it'll be June and, you know, things like that. So um, luckily I did get to go back on the road mid-June and pretty much have been on the go since. So I'm thankful for that and thankful that um, of the time that I do get to spend on the road and go into rodeos because, um, you know, you only get one year rodeo queen titles. That is d different to a lot of people. They're like, oh, how many years do you do this? And well, as you can have a lots of different titles, you can only have one title or one time. And so uh, just making the most of it and uh, looking forward to being in the South here in the next couple months and being busy down there. Yeah. H have you adjusted to all the sweet tea and humidity when you go down there? Um, have you, have you learned to just kind of embrace it or? Well, I, I haven't spent much time there yet. Uh, I think I've spent more time in Oklahoma and uh, Kansas, honestly. So I think I'll get my fair share of that in August and September. I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you're going to be there in the prom of some of that humidity. So, um, well, just really excited for you to get out on the road and be able to go and, you know, meet a lot of these people and represent the, the International Professional Rodeo Association and just really rodeo queens and cowboys and cowgirls everywhere. Because that, I mean, you, you're the face of the IPRA this year. And what I, what I really love about the Mr. Rodeo USA um, organization and, and that title that you're carrying is that, you know, each year there's not a cookie cutter image of what Mr. Rodeo USA should look like. And um, I just think that it's actually just really refreshing because um, it doesn't matter really kind of your background or where you came from if you grew up rodeoing your whole life or if you were a trail rider from the west coast or um you know just it's it's kind of one of those deals that you're welcome to show up compete against yourself 
tell your story and, and kind of let the cards fall where they may. And um, you have such an incredible story, Brooke, just um, your journey to become Miss Rodeo USA and, you know, certain obstacles and things you've overcome. And um, so let's back up for a minute and let's talk a little bit about um, just kind of your childhood and involvement with horses. Yeah, and that's one thing that has been part of my life forever. <laughs> I always get, the question I always get is, you know, how long have you been riding? And honestly, I just, I just kind of say two. Uh, two was the age I think my dad really started leading me through the barrels. And, um, you know, there was the lead line classes and things like that. And ever since, uh, we've showed horses every summer um, up until last year I, I was too busy being Miss Radio Kansas I made it to one horse show because uh, I, I didn't want to say that I ever missed a year uh, <laughs> but so yeah that I think that involvement with horses just it, it teaches you a lot more than you really think um, at the end of the day just how to take care of something how to be responsible um, you know when when the going gets tough keep going those kind of things um, I think I've all learned them all on the back of a horse and oh there's been a lot of great horses through the years that have come and gone and and we still have a lot of great horses so I'm excited to um, to continue on in the horse industry the rest of my life honestly and I hope that that's something that can be instilled in my family too and uh, kind of keep that going through the generations and uh, yeah just so many great things come from being on the back of a horse. So Brooke, you grew up horse showing and what all different, um, you know, kind of classes did you compete in? And then also, are there any other disciplines outside of kind of the, the Western realm or horse showing that you've been a part of? Yes, so I um, grew up in an association where we had all of the events. So English, Western, reigning, showmanship, and then mini speed events. So it kind of gave me the opportunity to learn to do quite a bit. And so, you know, I started out more with just the English or the Western pleasure and the speed events. And then kind of in middle school, I started doing more of the showmanship and reigning and English pleasure. And, and so I think that was just a great opportunity for me to learn to be a better writer um, and learn to ride a lot of different horses at one horse show. And um, at that point, I didn't realize that I was going to be a rodeo queen. That came later. <laughs> but um, looking back, that's one thing that helped me the most to get where I am today. Because as we all know, being a good rider is one of the most important parts of being a rodeo queen. So I am I'm so thankful um, that my aunt and my dad pushed me to kind of do some of those different events like raining and English and um, because it, it sure helped help me where I am now. Absolutely. If somebody's listening to this that maybe doesn't have, you know, that support system at home, but really wants to, to start riding, um, do you have any advice for them or some tips on how they could maybe start taking those first steps to do that? Absolutely, because, you know, while I grew up in the horse industry, I did not grow up in the rodeo industry. And so I had a huge learning curve um, when I started running for queen pageants. You know, I, I really honestly knew nothing about rodeo. And um, so this kind of relates to most anything that when you don't know anything about it, you just kind of have to dive headfirst and um, just make the most of everything you can, you know, I just didn't take anything for granted. And I talked to as many people as I can. I did as much research. I just kind of went for it. And I think that translates exactly to those who want to get involved in riding horses, you know, find a local boarding stable. Maybe you can start out by cleaning stalls and then maybe you can take lessons after that. You know, there's a million things that you can do. You just have to have the initiative to do them yourself because while I've had a great support system, I know not everyone does. And um, a lot of things that I have done in life have been purely because I wanted to do them and I got them done. So um, my family just aided in the help of that. And I'm so thankful, so, so thankful for that. 
Um, but yeah, just go out and do it. There's, there's no day like today and kind of just have the attitude of let's get it done. Yeah, I really like how you said, you know, kind of think outside the box in a way, you know, if it's, um, you can trade your services, whether it's clean installs or, um, you know, maybe just any array of things. Um, whenever I was in high school, I had grown up rodeoing, but I had never been a part of um, the cutting. And when I moved into high school rodeo, that was an additional event you could compete in. And so we, we had some really good friends that were in the cutting horse industry. Um, but it wasn't something that we were ready to like, you know, we wanted to kind of stick our toe in the water to figure out if this is something I really enjoyed or what, you know, if we were going to invest in it. And so, you know, I, I cleaned stalls um, all summer long to swap out for lessons. And, um, you know, then the next summer it turned into not just cleaning stalls, but they gave me a little bit more responsibility, halter break and weanlands. And, um, you know, and just, there's lots of ways that you can get involved even when you maybe financially are not in a place yet to invest a lot of money um, just by showing up and saying hey I'm I'm eager and willing and I think that too from being you know somebody on the inside now with quite a few years um, under my belt that I really enjoy seeing people you know young and old alike that want to be a part of this industry and are willing to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so Brooke, whenever you were saying, you know, you grew up doing all these different disciplines and then, um, you know, just learning about rodeo because it is, it's very different, even though it's all in the horse industry, there's, um, it's just kind of a different world, horse show versus rodeo. And what, um, when you transition really into preparing to be a rodeo queen and competing and all that, what are some of the different opportunities you've had that maybe have shifted your, your interest on the competitive side? So the one biggest thing is, and I still laugh today, is, you know, I, I grew up barrel racing, but like you said, it's completely different when you go from the horse show industry to the rodeo industry. And, um, you know, when I started getting interested in rodeo, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I want to barrel race. Like that was an other, another thought when I, you know, was like, okay, rodeo queen, barrel racing, I can do this. And, um, I realized it was pretty darn competitive <laughs> and especially in college rodeo, because that's when, um, I really got interested in rodeo was during my kind of right when I started college. And so I kind of realized that, you know, barrel racing might be a little difficult in that competitive of a season and, you know, I was trying to get a degree as well. So I had to kind of do a happy medium. And that happy medium was being a rodeo queen, which I now have realized has gotten me so far um, in life. And I always said to myself, I was like, I can barrel race when I'm 80, but I can't be a rodeo queen when I'm 80. So that's kind of how I went about um, through my college years is um, representing the sport that I love instead of competing in it. And so looking forward, that's something that I really want to get back to. Um, obviously, this is my last year being a rodeo queen, which is really weird to say because it's been part of my life for about six years now. And um, so I'm going to start um, getting my horse's leg back up because they have been on a very long break. And I think they thoroughly enjoy it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I am, I'm ready to get back in the rodeo scene and be a, a competitor and um, make that happen too. Because one of the biggest things through all of um, my years as being a rodeo queen is people forget that, you know, we're competitors too, or, you know, we're part of the lifestyle, not just out there carrying flags and whatnot. So kind of a, a roundabout way of me kind of making that complete circle showcasing that you know, a rodeo queen is also a competitor and, and is part of the sport more than, more than some people realize. Yes, I completely agree with that. And it's, it's such a, um, I can't really describe the feeling other than it's just a, a wonderful feeling when that gets to come um, full circle. And, you know, you shared with me that, that you have a goal of making the, um, the IFR and the barrel racing um, and in the next five years, and um, I have no doubt that you'll, 
you'll uh, achieve that goal. And there's just nothing quite like, you know, when you hear the, the announcer say, you know, former Miss Rodeo USA is here, you know, competing at the IFR. And um, I've, I've had that opportunity once. And I, I hope as well to be able to go back and, um, and focus on that later on too. But, um, you know, just in a different season of my life right now, raising a baby and working and, um, you know, just really putting all my energy into this podcast because I feel like there are so many women out there like yourself that have amazing stories to share with us. And I just want to share those with the world. Um, <laughs> I want people, whether they've, you know, never had the opportunity to be in the horse industry um, or if they live in it every day, just to be able to come here and, and hear from different people like yourself and be encouraged by your story. And um, so, Brooke, you went to K-State and, you know, I just so admire um, you and your ability to, again, think outside the box and even what degree you got and kind of your vision for um, starting your own business. And um, let's, let's dive more into that. Yeah, so as a rodeo queen, most people like to think that you are going to be a vet or in the ag industry in some capacity. And so I always uh, get people caught off guard or, or kind of stump them when I say, no, I got a fashion degree. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like the same reaction every single time. Um, but it's awesome because then they're very intrigued by it and they want to know how that came about. And um, honestly, you know, in high school with my facts classes, I, I started to sew and along with my aunt and my grandma too, kind of teaching me along the way. And I really liked it. And I've always been super into art and very creative. And so it was a way to be an artist, but through clothing and making something that's usable and wearable. And um, I always have like three different plans for one project. And so to be able to wear it and showcase it, you know, that was part of the whole um, creation process for me. And so I competed in FCCLA and went to nationals for creating different dresses throughout high school. And um, that was kind of just a little bit of a boost I think I needed because it's hard, especially in high school, to know if you're good enough at something to make it a career. And so through those little things and competing at the national level, I was like, okay, I got this. I can do it. And so that's what made me end up at K-State and uh, they have a great fashion program there and and I just kind of dove right in because at that time in my life I was a little bit more behind in the sewing than a lot of my peers were and so that was like another catch-up moment in my life where I had to work really hard to kind of be able to catch up and learn all those different things on how to sew even just a pair of jeans so I just, it was one of those, another time in my life where I just worked and worked and worked. And because I knew that if I worked hard, no one could take that away from me. And it was just kind of a process through college, learning where I wanted to be in the industry. And um, it kind of landed me back to the Western industry. And one day it just all clicked. I was like, I don't know why I'm here trying to make um, athletic wear or this, that, and the other thing. Like my product should be who I am. And that was Western wear. And then, you know, at that same time, I started to be a rodeo queen and I started to make my own clothing. And again, it was like that light bulb moment where I was like, okay, I'm here, I'm making Western wear and I'm going to make it for rodeo queens. And just one day it kind of all came together. And I was like, I know what I'm going to do after college. I'm going to start my own business and, and primarily make clothes for rodeo queens because that's it's a huge part of me. I, I understand the industry and I, I understand what those people need. And um, I, there was a lot of weight lifted off my back the day that that happened. And I'm just so excited to kind of continue to get to be a part of the rodeo queen industry, not just to, to make clothes for girls, but um, to make girls feel confident when they walk on that stage and when they enter that arena uh, there's just so much great things that come from um, being a rodeo queen and especially for girls I've seen um, the confidence of not only myself just go sky high but um, young girls that have been so timid and shy and then 
um, they get their first, first rodeo queen title and it's like a whole new persona has come over them. And it's just amazing to see that. And just knowing that we're going to have all these strong, independent, um, like hardworking women out in the world just because they had the opportunity to be a rodeo queen. I think that's uh, pretty amazing when you look at it in the grand scheme of things. So I'm just excited that my business gets to kind of help girls along the way. And um, I hope that that translates a little bit into kind of coaching girls as well um, and just kind of helping them out because I received so much of that little help along the way uh, for past rodeo queens, I kind of want to pay it forward in the aspect of, you know, if someone reaches out to me, I'm going to help them be the best that they can be at the end of the day. Brooke, I, I just can't say enough about how much I, I love your overall mission with this and just want to applaud you in that, you know, in that moment of clarity that you had, you, you just said it so perfectly, you know that you know your niche market, you, you know who you want to serve, you understand the industry, and there's power in that. There's so much power in that because um, to your point, it's, it's not, it could be just clothes, you know, but that's not your vision. And what you're going to do is be so much more than clothes. Um, but we all know that when, when you look good, you feel good. And um, so yeah, just excited to to watch all this unfold because um, like you said, you've been, you know, really um, focusing on your rodeo queen career after college. And so while I know that, you know, you've made some beautiful um, pieces of clothing that you've modeled yourself and for some other people as well, you haven't necessarily, you know, focused on that with everything yet. And um, so just over the next, you know, year or so, it's going to be really, really fun to watch you step into that. And man, I can't wait to see all the creations you're going to come up with. But I also just, um, I know you're going to bless a lot of people's lives that, that need that, that reminder that, you know, you're, you're doing more than just competing for a title or a crown, really looking at um, being a rodeo queen is more of a, a resume builder or a skill set builder. And, you know, I just think we, we need more of that because if, if you're doing all this and not learning a bigger uh, goal or bigger lesson, I should say, in the process, then, then it, it's really a, it's a miss, um, honestly. Absolutely. I think that translates to most things in everyone's life, you know. Uh, we're constantly learning and growing, or should be. And if you're not, I think you need to reevaluate. Re <laughs> uh, yeah. Life's about it, continuing to grow and continuing to just make the most of everything that's in front of you. And that really embodies just, I feel like who you are. You know, that last line you said, uh, make the most of what's in front of you. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you and I, um, while we've got lots of fun things we've been able to bond over and um, we've gotten to know each other better, we, we also share in the fact that we, we both um, have lost our moms. And, um, you know, you were talking about, you know, being in college and when you kind of finally realized all this connected for you and what you wanted to pursue as um, a rodeo queen designer and whatnot. But during that period of time too is also when you, you lost your mom. And so um, I just, can you share with us a little bit of what that, you know, looked like and um, how, how that's played a real part in, in defining how you look at life now? Absolutely. You know, college is kind of a crazy time for anyone without losing a parent on top of it. And so, oh, I was going into my sophomore year at K-State and I was in a sorority, like I had mentioned before. So we were going through recruitment and whatnot and I get a phone call from my dad at like a weird time of day I'm like he knows I'm busy what is he bothering me about <laughs> and so I call him back and that was kind of the moment where like it it really sunk in because so my mom had cancer and she'd been battling it for just about a year year and a half I think at that point and he's like hey you need to come home like your mom's not doing well and like to me, she was this person who could get through anything. 
because once she was diagnosed, um, um, she went through chemo, radiation, and everything, and then was considered cancer-free very shortly after. Like it was a a short-lived first kind of segment, um, but then it came back uh, pretty quick. As fast as it went, it came right back. And so I think I had the mindset of like, you know, she's invincible. She if she got through it once, she can get through it again. And so, like, to hear my dad say, like, you need to come home was, like, horrible. Because I was like, oh, no, what is wrong? Like, this can't be happening, you know. And so, kind of through the next probably week, it, it all it all went so fast that, um, you know, it was just a downhill spiral for it. It, it was one of those things that it was just kind of too far deep. She had stage four cancer and um and it was a really, really th- hard thing to deal with, especially, like I said, being in college and, and trying to find yourself and trying to figure out what you're doing. And then all on top of that, you're like, oh, my life is falling apart. And it felt like that for a while. But the one thing that out of anything she could tell anyone, she said, don't let my girls quit school. <laughs> and I, I can laugh about it now because I'm like, that is such my mom to say that. Don't let my girls quit school. Like keep them going. Like that's the only thing she told anyone (laughs) at the end of the day. And so every time, like, and, and ironically enough, you know, the only place I wanted to be after my mom's death was home was like at home with my dad and my sister. And, and like, I couldn't be because I had school and I only, only thing I knew that she left me with was I couldn't quit. So (laughs) I think, um, in the grand scheme of things, like, her leaving me with that message that I didn't understand at first because I was like, you couldn't left me with any different message. Like you couldn't have told anyone anything else. It was just don't quit. And I think, you know, that's kind of just kept with me even through now, you know, we're going on, I think the sixth year anniversary of my mom's passing. And that's just wild to me when I say it out loud, but um, what a good lesson that I, I got out of it was, you know, don't quit when, when it gets hard, when it gets rough, um, you just can't, you can't put, you can't put the saddle off. You can't put the saddle up until, until the job's done. And so, you know, I, it's hard because I think you can relate with this too, Dakota. It's like, you want, you want your mom there for all the milestones and everything. And, and, uh, she was one of the people that believed in kind of my rodeo queen journey at first, because, um, about the same time I was started being a rodeo queen is when when she passed as well. So she got to see me get my first title. And so that's kind of a a really sweet moment. I'll probably cry a little bit, you know. I'm crying things. already, Brooke. It's okay. It's, <laughs> it, it's okay. So and uh so she got she got to see that happen and and her and my grandpa actually were the two that were like for my, when I first tried for my first title, they were both like, you can do it. You got this. Like, we believe in you. And uh, kind of rewind before that July when I competed for Miss Rodeo Junction City. Um, that April, my grandpa actually passed away too. And then moving on. And then, so I earned the title in July. And after I got it, my aunt comes up to me and she's like, you won't believe what grandpa said before this. And even back in April, he's like, I know she's got it. She's got it in the bag. And so (laughs) while it's, you know, I I love telling that story because like just knowing that you have people that kind of have your back and like always are going to support you is amazing. And then to kind of see it full circle and that I actually did win the title and, and that he already knew I was going to do it. So that's kind of the little moment I keep special. And then just about a month after I won the title is when um, my mom passed away. So I think I'm just like more grateful that, you know, she got to kind of see that happen with me, you know, she obviously sees me above, but uh, yeah. So I think everything in general, just there was so much happening in my life and then the loss of her, honestly, it probably made me the strong, the strongest I could ever be. And I always said, there wasn't anything that could be harder than that. So I guess I can take everything, <laughs> take everything on now. And, uh, you know, I always think about that sometimes when, you know, I'm tired or I uh, just kind of worn out, you get that way. And, and I was like, well, she told me I couldn't quit school. So I guess I can't quit this either. 
so I like to make light of it and you know it's hard and some days some days you can talk about it so easy and other days it just catch you right in the heart <laughs> it, it does and um and I just appreciate you being you know just so um open and real and willing to share that story because while there is like a plethora of lessons I feel like that can be that we can talk about from everything you just said um one of the the first ones that came to my mind was just you know how you you've continued to persevere and you show up and when you're a rodeo queen you're you're in the spotlight that's part of your job you're the face of something but to your point sometimes you can talk about it and um and it's okay but then other times you know something might just really be a trigger and and you start off good and then and then you get really emotional and i feel like um when you are in the spotlight like that sometimes i think it's easy for people not in a malicious way but they just think man this girl you know everything's easy look how pretty she is they they don't necessarily think about you know we're all human we've all got struggles we've all got these kind of internal battles or things we're dealing with and um just like in that situation um you know i think also the whole don't give up don't quit um message because when you're you know you show up at a rodeo and, and you're there to do a job and no matter maybe what you're feeling on the inside um you know you you show up you put a smile on your face and um, not that you're trying to bury those emotions, because I feel like we all can say, you know, kind of like when after a run, you know, you go out to the trailer, you have your few minutes at the trailer by yourself, or maybe if you weren't pleased with how you did or something, you you just kind of have that release, but then you get it back together. You know, you put that smile back on your face and, and you go on doing your job. And so just, Brooke, I just want to tell you, like, just you walking out and your purpose and and sharing your story about the loss of your mom, I know that, you know, unfortunately, there's there's a lot of people out there that can relate to losing a parent. And because it is hard to talk about, I feel like, you know, grief and um, just kind of that journey of grief, when you do lose somebody, I don't think it's talked about enough, um, because it is, mm -hmm. it's hard to talk about. And we'd rather talk about fun things, you know, I mean, that's just our nature. But there, there's so much to learn. Um, when you walk through a, a season like that of losing a parent as well as what life is afterwards. And I know that looks different for, for all of us. Um, but just the way, the way you described how it's in moments that have been hard, it's like, you, you feel like, Hey, I've walked through the hardest thing I've ever walked through in my life. So it really helps you measure things in a different capacity. Yes, I agree. And uh, I always, you know, going back to you saying like, you know, people have a different perspective when you look out and you see the queen in the arena and her hair looks great and she's riding this beautiful horse and things and, and they don't always know the backstory. And, and I try to keep that in my mind too, you know, when you meet someone, you don't always know their backstory and, and really trying not to, you know, uh, kind of make that first initial judgment of something someone or something until you kind of know them a little bit better because everyone everyone's holding on to something and and so I think that's important as we go through life is really to you know really be uh, more considerate of other people and and uh, maybe something that's going on in their life is re is reflecting at how they're acting that day or whatever and so um, just always kind of putting that best foot forward and and throwing a lot of kindness at people, I think is important because I know some days when I probably just um, was, just had a bad look on my face cause I was going through a lot, you know, and it all only just took someone to say, hey, you look great today or I love your shoes or things like that. And so I always try to keep that in the back of my mind to always pass along to others because they might just be having a bad day and that one little uh, comment could could totally change the rest of their day or even their week. So um, I think that's another important thing you learn when you lose some, something or someone special in your life is just kind of kind of work hard to pass it on and, and, and help other people through that kind of situation. Yes, that's, you know, just such a, a great, great reminder, Brooke. And um, guys, if, I don't want to forget this. So um, if you're not already following along 
um, with Brooke and her Miss Rodeo USA journey. She um, puts out a blog on a regular basis on MissRodeoUSA.com, and I'll put that in the show notes. But um, so you'll you'll love getting to follow her along there. And one of the unique um, you know parts about being Miss Rodeo USA is that you also have a platform, Brooke. And so um, share with us a little bit more about that platform, and then what your role is as a rodeo queen that some people may not realize um, when you're not actually at a rodeo, how you use that platform. Absolutely. And this is kind of one of my favorite things about the title of Miss Rodeo USA is that um, we get to really promote something a little bit more than a lot of the other titles do. And, and my platform this year is called Dream Bigger. And that just stems from the idea of that, you know, we all can set goals and we can all set, uh, have our dreams, but take the initiative to really set those even higher. Um, it's like where you think you can accomplish something, make that goal just a step higher so that you're pushing yourself to dream bigger and, and do, do bigger and go bigger. It's, it's just kind of that initiative of, you know, you have to be uh, willing to put yourself in maybe an uncomfortable spot to reach big things. And that's how we make the world better is just by going out and doing things better than than we think we can do. And that's kind of what I've accomplished here, you know, with becoming Miss Rodeo USA. That was the ultimate dream bigger goal for me um, in the time. And obviously, I've set more since then. It, it doesn't ever stop with one thing. But um so when I go around and I'm traveling for rodeos, a lot of times there'll be school visits or different groups to talk to. And, and this is the topic I always talk about. I get to talk about this um, idea of dreaming bigger. And um, the, the greatest example I have, you know, is, is becoming Miss Rodeo USA. And so uh, people get to see that whole thought process and what I'm talking about um, come to life as I tell my story of starting out as just, um, not not just, but as Miss Rodeo Junction City, you know, a local title for an open rodeo. And now I represent a whole rodeo association um, with a national title. So, um, you know, that whole process uh, is kind of what I talk about with people as I go along the road and hopefully inspiring them to set their goals bigger. And um, it's just such a cool um, thing for me to get to do because you know, a lot of people usually their platform stems from something. And um, when I started my Rodeo Queen journey, um, I had had a cousin who was a Rodeo Queen. Um, she was quite a bit older than me. And, and I was just, I think, about six when she passed away. Um, she was in a fatal car accident and just, um, just a bad deal all the way around. But she kind of started the thought process of this platform when, um, while I was little, the stories that I always heard about DJ was that, you know, she did everything she could and she dreamed bigger and um, she just was so patriotic and loved being a rodeo queen. And her goal was to someday, you know, be Miss Rodeo USA. And, and along the way, a lot of the titles that I've carried were ones that she wanted to carry as well. And so um, through my journey as a rodeo queen, I've also got to, you know, live out hers. And so I accredit uh, my platform a lot to to her. And just um, it's been cool along the way. I feel like I've gotten to know my cousin a little bit better, um, even though she's not here. Um, it's just been fun to kind of live that out for her in in her honor such a such a special way um you know all these different reasons that you were you know called for that to be your your platform and you've done an incredible job um utilizing social media to to share your platform this year and so a couple of things with that um one tell us a little bit about the uh, monthly contest that you've been doing um to share your platform with people and and then I'd love it too if you could give our listeners just your top three tips for um, managing and, and making content for social media. Because what a lot of you may not realize is that as Miss Rodeo USA, your job is to manage that those social media pages and, and share your journey. And um, while Brooke is just extremely, you know, gifted at that that's not something that just because you're a rodeo queen, you, you know how to show up on social media. Um, 
you know, in a really great way. And so I'd love it if you could just share with us some of your tips and tricks for that, as well as a little bit more about how you're getting your platform out to people, you know, in, in the world that, that maybe have never been to a rodeo. Absolutely. So one fun thing that I decided to do along with my platform um, so that not just the kids at the school I was going to or the groups that I went to talk to heard about it, but so that the whole social media world heard about it. And what I do is I, I put out a message and I say, hey, if you take the initiative to send me a message with your dream bigger goal or what you want to do and and also tell me how you're going to do it so that's kind of planting the seed in people's mind of oh like maybe maybe just coming up with what is what do i want to do what is my dream bigger goal and then also making them take initiative to tell me how they're going to get there so those are two really important things when you make a goal is make your goal but also make little goals so that you know that you can reach that bigger goal. Um, because as we all know, it takes time to get somewhere and it takes hard work and, and thought out processes to get there. So if they do that and they send me a message, I kind of put them in this little group where each month I go through and pick one that I connect with or one that's really thought out um, and I send them something special in the mail. And I've been sending each recipient, recipient each month a really fun red, white, and blue keychain, um, and then also an autograph sheet uh, from myself and a little note that kind of talks to them about their goal and their dream and maybe helps them push it a little bit farther or just, you know, kind of is a positive thing for them to continue on with their goal. And then the keychain key is just a reminder. Um, you know, you can hang that on your keys or hang it on your backpack. And it's just a daily reminder to keep pushing forward towards those dreams. And of course it's red, white, and blue in honor of DJ. I know she would love it. <laughs> so that's one thing that um, I've promoted throughout the year. And it's been fun to see those people receive them and they will always send me a message and, you know, say how much I love that. So um, it's just a great thing to keep people looking forward in the future. And um, that's been part of my social media plan this year. So talking in terms of social media, it can be kind of daunting some days when you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to post about today or whatnot? And um, when you're on the road and going places, it's easy to post about the rodeo that you're at or whatnot. And I've noticed over the years being a rodeo queen, a lot of times at each rodeo, I'm doing the same thing. So while I'm there, I always try to seek out either for myself to do something different um, or just to kind of look at the rodeo in a different way. So uh, I like to tell stories and um, I think it's fun for people to read that on social media instead of just saying, oh, I carried the flag at this rodeo. I try to make it interesting and, and tell little tidbits because I get to experience this wonderful year and I want other people to be able to experience it well. So um, I just kind of go into a lot of things with a different thought process um, just to find unique stories that pop out that I can post on social media and along with, you know, doing giveaways. So like my dream bigger giveaway. And I also have been doing sponsor giveaways throughout the year. Um, one month we did Dakota and I did uh, Ariat giveaway and that one has probably been the most successful out of the the months this year everyone went wild over that um, I think it was a jean card for a pre pair of jeans um, and so it's just another way to involve your um, followers and get them involved and kind of give back to them as well um, and especially through this crazy time where I was at home for multiple months in um, continuing to write a blog when I was going nowhere was a little bit difficult, but uh, I kind of just flipped it and looked at it in a different way. I, I told some stories growing up and um, I talked about my other Rodeo Queen titles and just uh, gave people a little bit more insight on my life because they're interested. And I used to not think that they were so interested in knowing about me personally. I thought, you know, they wanted to know about Rodeo, but uh, no, they really do want to know about each girl each year. So that was, that's been really cool to share my story with a lot of people. And, um, you know, with social media, the biggest thing is just, you know, be you and, and do it your way because um, there's nothing better than that. And it, it took me a while to realize, you know, 
Um, I don't have to conform to this, that, or the other thing. I'm just going to make it my own. And when everyone makes their project or their social media their own, that's when we get originality and um, uniqueness between everyone. And so I think that's an important thing to think about when maybe you're trying to navigate through your social medias or, or make them better or grow them, um, is just be you and, and people are going to like you for that. Yes, yes. I mean, just really that, that authenticity um, that you can see and, and feel, um, you know, through certain social media accounts and think really just sharing your story because we all have a story. And um, just thank you for, for those tips and everything. I, as your friend, I've enjoyed following along. And then as a sponsor as well, you've just done an amazing job highlighting all your sponsors and taking the time to do that because it, it matters, you know, there's nothing quite like that word of mouth grassroots marketing. And that's exactly what you're able to provide, um, you know, in your position and um, via social media. And so just thank you for all of that, Brooke. And um, whenever you have traveled, you know, and you had titles before Miss Rodeo USA, you were talking about the keychains, and it made me think about something really cool that, um, you know, you've done before. Um, and just how you've been able to have some really unique experiences by thinking outside of the box and using your, your artistic kind of creativity, or just overall, this mindset of, I can do this, even when maybe, um, maybe you've never done that before and whatever the case might be, if it's roping or um, whatever. And so tell us a little bit more about um, what you did with the keychains, and then just any other fun experiences you had leading up to um, being Miss Rodeo USA in the Western world. Yes. So the keychains was a project I had last year as Miss Rodeo Kansas. And um, there's an organization that raises money for cowboys who get injured on the road. And um, it's just kind of set in place to help them out when they can't be rodeoing and making money. Um, it helps them pay bills or whatever they need for their family. And so I wanted to give back to that program that helps so many cowboys and cowgirls along the way. And so I made keychains and sold them um, throughout my years in the Rodeo, Kansas. And I was able to raise $2,000 to send to the Justin Cowboy Crisis Fund. And that was just a way for me to give back because I was so, I could so easily make this cute little keychain that I know people wanted. And so I gave 100% of the proceeds um, back to that organization. And it was just such a good feeling at the end of the day. And I think we all need to work towards doing more things like that when we have the opportunity to give um, to other people to do it because you never know when when you're gonna need that in return. So, um, oh, that was such a fun project. I made a lot of keychains, 200 <laughs> keychains last year. <laughs> um, it was over, over a gradual amount of time. Um, and then another one of my favorite stories is, and this just goes back to, you know, telling yourself that you can do it and, and going forward and just trying something new and, and not being afraid of that. Uh, we were at a rodeo last year and, uh, there was like a fun ranch rodeo the afternoon before the rodeo performance. And you don't see that at every rodeo, but this particular one had a ranch rodeo. And if you don't know what a ranch rodeo is, it's crazy, fun, exciting, um, very watchable. And some, some of the rodeo queens and I decided that we wanted to enter the ranch rodeo. And let, let's keep in mind that when you're traveling rodeo queen, you don't always have your own horse. Um, you're not usually traveling with your tack and your trailer and your ropes and things like that. And so we not only decided to enter this ranch rodeo, um, but we decided to do it and borrow horses and borrow ropes and like borrow everything we needed to get this job done. And uh, it was it was a little bit crazy. I will admit, maybe not one of my best ideas at the end of the day, <laughs> um, but we all went into it with no fear and we just had this mentality of we're going to do it. And we're going to show people we can do it. And, oh, it was funny. We all wore uh, retro Western shirts. So not only were we a group of girls in this ranch rodeo where none of the other teams had girls on them, we were also really stuck out like sore thumbs because we were all in crazy 
wild print shirts. Uh, and, you know, to make this story even crazier, none of us were, were good ropers by any means. And I sure hadn't even roped off a horse before. Like I had done some dummy work at this point, but I never even roped a live animal off a live horse. So like, I just keep telling you things that are probably like, oh my gosh, this is going to turn out bad. And, uh, but it didn't. And, you know, I caught two steers that day, uh, three events, and I couldn't be more proud of myself for just kind of mentally working through that. And um, the power of just your mental thought process. And if you can tell yourself you can do it and you can do it. And, oh, I love telling that story because, you know, it just makes us realize that, you know, we can do stuff we set our mind to. And um, it's just a great example when I'm out, you know, teaching clinics or different things. And um, just to tell that story, because there was moments in that day that I thought that this wasn't a good idea, but I just kind of pushed through it and followed through with my actions and it worked out great. So uh, that's just one of my favorite memories of probably my whole rodeo queen experience. Such a fun story. And that is a huge feat. I mean, there's times that people, when, when you are used to roping, you, you still might not catch two out of three steers at a ranch rodeo. Um, you know, <laughs> just given the kind of the, the wild and Western um, excitement that goes on, you know, at a ranch rodeo and, well, Brooke, I have so enjoyed getting to visit with you um, this morning, and honestly, it just reminds me of the the first time I met you, and so, um, you know, Brooke and I met, I actually judged Brooke at a Rodeo Queen competition back in the fall of 2016, and I remember thinking then, as I was interviewing you, Brooke, that I really want this girl to run for Miss Rodeo USA. I really want her to run for Miss Rodeo USA. And I wasn't in a capacity to where I felt comfortable, you know, like coming in and talking to you in that way yet because I was judging and um, and then I had to leave quickly, like before coronation or any of that. And so then once you won, I just really, you know, kind of kept up with you via social media and whatnot over the next few years. And I was so excited. Um, whenever you decided to compete for Miss Rodeo USA and and it's just been wonderful getting to know you better this year you bring so much to the sport of rodeo and just um you know women in general just empowering women and um I I just I love how you you share your story and and you share it in such a authentic beautiful way that we can all relate to no matter um kind of what walk of life we're in right now. And um, is there is there anything else that maybe we, we didn't hit on today that you wanna share with us or um, kind of let us know where we can, we can find you to keep up with you? So um, throughout this year, throughout 2020, <clears throat> you can follow me on all the Miss Radio USA platforms. Uh, we've got Instagram, Facebook, the blog that runs on the website, you know, it's endless. And, um, you know, after that, just plain old Brooke Wallace, you know, that's where I'll be. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, here in the near future, you'll start seeing my uh, design business as well. So y'all can look forward to that too. Yes. And, and I'm excited. I'm just going to go ahead and give a little teaser here. So Brooke and I are working on a project together as well. Um, and to be determined on the actual launch date, but um, you know, I've just really had this this calling to um, write children's books that are geared toward lessons learned and um, growing up based on true stories, you know, in the Western or agriculture industry. And once Brooke and I met and just sharing our goals and, and dreams and ideas with each other, um, and I saw, you know, how artistic she is. I was like, hey, would, would you ever consider being an illustrator, like, for this, for this idea that I have, and of course, in Brooke fashion, she just jumped on board, and so I'm really excited to work with her um, after she finishes her Miss Rodeo USA reign, just to where we can bring some of these stories um, to life, you know, and, and share them with lots of people, and um, just the impact that they can, that hopefully they will have, and, and, what we'll get to experience, you know, working on that, um, you know, closely together. 
yeah, I'm just as excited as well. Um, and, you know, even two before Dakota reached out to me, I had, I had thought about that before, but I didn't really have the uh, writing ability, whereas that's what Dakota brings to the table. And then um, I bring the uh, illustrating thing to the table. It just, it just fell into place. Yeah, it just so much to look forward to. Brooke, thank you for taking the time to be with us this morning. Um, I know you've got to get things around so you can get headed to Oklahoma, but have a wonderful weekend and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Dakota. Thank you for spending your time with me on the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm so glad y'all stopped by. If you could take a moment to share this episode and tag us on social media, I'd be happier than a cowgirl in a sea of buy one, get one vintage turquoise. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. New episodes will be released bi-monthly. Please leave us a review if you feel so led by going to iTunes. Your feedback will really help us breed the idea of grabbing life by the horns with a cowgirl state of mind into women across the globe. Some that may have never even had the privilege to throw their leg over a horse, but could most certainly use the cowgirl state of mind while navigating life. Thanks again, y'all. Until next time, keep pursuing your dreams with that all-go and no-woe mentality. Remember... You're writing a story that's worth saddling up for, sister.